Thanks for joining the Fisher's Life podcast. We hope that what God is doing in our spirit-filled community will also bless you today. To get connected, follow us on Instagram at Fisher's Life. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, Life Connects, how you guys doing out there today? Wow, God is so good. I'm thankful to be here and to all that are joining online. Thank you for being with us today. I want to give honor to your pastors. Oh my God, as he just said, 23 years of friendship. Pastor John and Mary have been close friends of my family and I. You don't have many people in your life that you know for 23 years. And you are very blessed to have such great pastoral leadership to create a space like this from a bed. Uh, uh, a garage, a living room to this. This is amazing what God is doing. Give it up for the band and our pastors and all of our volunteers that are serving and helping to create safe environments. And I want to thank all of you that are continuing to be generous and showing up and making sure that you know that the church has never been closed this year. Never closed down one day. And that's a result of all of us saying, hey, we're going to serve the Lord. So I'm excited to preach today, and um, this is really, really cool, man. I'm just very inspired by the presence of God that we felt, and I want to tell you, if you're out and you're joining us online, I want you to get all up in them comments, amen in the comments, put up some emojis, let's all just participate, right? We got about 30 more minutes, so why don't we just put 30 minutes of energy and passion into it? We're here, right? Let's go, party people. (laughs) So I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts in the Bible's New Testament. So let me just give you a little bit of context. Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a significant portion of the Bible's New Testament, he had caught a case. You know what I'm saying? Some of us have caught cases before. Those of us that haven't, he got into a situation where he and some other prisoners were going to be headed toward Rome by boat because they didn't have Uber or Lyft back in the days. And so they're about to stand trial for him preaching the gospel. And right while they're on this boat, Paul in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts stands up and says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. Talk about an encouraging way to start your traveling journey. He said, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. But we'll be shipwrecked on an island. I don't know about you, but when we were flying across North America a whole lot and taking flights and cruises, the last thing that you want to hear is somebody standing up in the seat next to you in 5E and them saying, hey, everybody, how you guys doing? I just had this dream and uh, Angel told me that we're going to crash, but none of us going to die. I think I'd say I'd like to 
land in Indiana very safely. But what we do learn in verse 44 is that they were shipwrecked just like the word had come to Paul, but it was debris that got them to their destination. I want to let you know that they had to hold on to planks to get to their destination. I want to let you know that every so often God comes along and things happen where he busts open the things that we feel secure in. He will break open the things that we feel are so secure. And I can tell you today, do you have enough faith to believe that God can use debris to get us to our destination? I want to tell you that God may have bust up our model for church, but I can tell you on the same wise that God is going to use the same thing to get us to where he wants us to go. Okay. All right, all right. So, so, so check this out. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to just let my soul come out to you and tell you something um, that's personal about me. I hate snakes. <laughs> I got two people that have amened that I hate snakes. Hopefully those that are joining us online are amening in the comments. But I hate snakes of all sizes, shapes, and form. I do everything I can to avoid coming into contact with snakes. Okay? So a couple years ago, I got my first invitation to go fly fishing in Montana. And I didn't know what they were talking about when they asked me to go fly fishing fishing. I thought they wanted me to dress fly and go fishing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I can look fly and go fishing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I, I, I know that there's a lot of snakes in Montana. And I also know something else about Man Montana. No black people are in Montana. <laughs> you think I'm close? Throw up that picture of me going fly fishing in Montana. Do we have it? There it goes, right there. Not, not a brother to be found. Anywhere in Montana, you come off the plane in Billings and it feels like Wakanda. You're like, Wakanda! But there ain't no black people there. Plus, I have Jamaican descent, which means we fry fish. We don't fly fish. <laughs> so it's reasonable for me to have a healthy fear of snakes. So I'm up at this lodge out in Montana with my friends, and the owner of the lodge is out, and he's a man's man, and I see this big old snake come out. And I am so nervous, and he goes, oh man, man, don't worry about that. That's not a poisonous snake at all. First of all, who made him the snake whisperer, right? Number two, I don't want to get bit by a poisonous snake or a non-poisonous snake. I don't like snakes altogether. The only snake that I can trust or like has been turned into a wallet or a belt or a pair of shoes. That's it. So, so... We learn that Paul, in this ill-fated voyage, they land at this place called Malta. We read about it in the scripture. They said, once we're safe on the shore, Luke, who is a doctor, is writing down these words and telling the story of what happens. 
Once we were safe on the shore, he said, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. And the people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, even when I read that in the scripture, I just tighten up driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. Now, before we get to the snake bite, there's something powerful that's happening. Luke is writing all of the words of what's happening in this situation, and he's a doctor, so he's writing with meticulous detail, and he calls our attention to Paul gathering firewood. In that culture during this time, it would not have been the responsibility of somebody like Paul's stature to gather wood. It would be the responsibility of the indigenous people of the island or perhaps other people. But what I love about this text is that Paul is gathering wood and his life has just been shipwrecked. But he's gathering wood to make a fire for other people. <laughs> what I'm trying to let you know is that there's a powerful illustration. Can you still serve others when your life has been shipwrecked? Can you still gather some stuff from other people after you've been through a tumultuous situation, after you've been through a weakness, after you've been through your habit, after you've gotten over your divorce? Can you still serve other people when you're suffering? Because I can tell you that God is looking for some people for an onlooking world that's not going to take the debris of their situation and do nothing with it. Maybe some of that firewood was the same boat that just crashed. Can you take the things that you have crashed in your life and use it to be a blessing to other people? Have you, have you ever noticed how when things are warming up in your life and there's momentum, oh my God, I feel like preaching. Just when your life is getting momentum, just when you get nice seats in the church, <laughs> just when everything is starting to go, all of a sudden the proverbial snake comes out of nowhere and bites you. Sometimes the snake is called coronavirus. Sometimes the snake is called sickness. Sometimes the snake is called cancer. Sometimes, oh, sometimes out of nowhere. A proverbial snake will come and latch onto you. And so what do you do? Huh? The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and they said to each other, Oh, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. See, the people on the island, they worship many gods. They were superstitious. So they're looking around and they're saying, oh, yeah, he was a murderer. Yeah, what's going to come to you? You deserve it. They were looking at Paul and they saw that snake on his hand and they said, oh, yeah, karma is a boa constrictor. <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? I'm a Christian. I'm saved. And Paul, the Bible says, shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. He went all Taylor Swift on the snake and just shook it off. But the, 
But the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. They were standing around waiting for the poison to kill him. They were standing around. They knew their snakes. They knew that a snake bite like that should take some people around. Just like there's people, for those joining us online as well, that are waiting for you to swell up and bow over because of what happened to you in your life. The that you lost, the drug relapse, oh, the relapse that you might have had, the weakness or the stubborn habit, but they're going to have to wait a long time because I'm telling you that God, woo, there's some people waiting to see your marriage implode, people that have been waiting to see your career take a different turn, people that have been waiting for your kids to go a different way. But can I tell you that we serve a God that can turn poison into protein? I'll say it again. God can turn poison into protein to build your life, to build you spiritually. (laughs) Paul shook it off and near what happens in the text that just keeps going forward because God has this trajectory. He likes to take us from shipwrecks and sometimes we get snake bites, but then he does something very, very profound. He takes them to some people. See, near the shore where they had landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. So Publius is the head honcho on the island. He is the man. (laughs) He's Rome's representative there. And as it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever. And I'm kind of Jamaican, right? So I was preaching this to my church one time, and I was preaching strong and good. I was like, as it happened... Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. Yes, dysentery. And this lady came up to me after church. She said, hey, hey, Wayne, um, that word's not dysentery. It's actually dysentery. And I was like, no, it's dysentery. Like God is going to do a powerful work in dysentery. Not another century. She, she said, no, that word is dysentery. I'm a nurse, and it's, it, it's like diarrhea. And I was like, no, I understand the word diarrhea. That says dysentery. <laughs> but Luke was a doctor, so I think he was right. Paul went in and prayed for him and lay, watch this, watch this, everybody. Paul laying his hands on him, whoo, healed him. Publius is the leader of the island, and he comes in and he heals him. Watch this. This is so interesting. Oh, my God. Luke is such a doctor that he knows that it's not dysentery. (laughs) He knows that it's it's not dysentery, but it's dysentery. Watch this. He's the doctor, but God uses the person who just got his hand bitten to heal somebody else that's sick, not the doctor. I know that there's some people that are watching and that are in this room and you've been wounded by life. You've been, oh, you've been beaten deep down. Oh my God. 
You've been beaten deep down in your soul. Can I tell you that God's not looking for the professional. God's not looking for the people with seminary degrees. God's looking for the person that has a wounded hand and a wounded spirit. And a oh, and God can use you to heal other people if you don't hold back your wound. Oh! Am I preaching to anybody in this room that has ever been bitten by life, that's ever been bitten by discouragement, that's ever been bitten by bitterness? God wants to use you to heal other people. (laughs) Maybe that's why some of us are paralyzed with no joy, anxiety, and even fear. Because you've been snake bitten in the most proverbial way. But I feel like God is sending me to encourage you today to not let the poison paralyze you. Uh, Don't let poison paralyze you. Here's what happens. All the other sick people on the island came and were healed. When they saw something happen in another person's life, they started to believe because God will take you from shipwreck. Sometimes he'll take you to a snake bite, but then he'll lead you to people that are sick to do an amazing thing. Let me just tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, the world doesn't read Bibles, but they do read Christians. (laughs) I'll say it again. The world is not going to read Ecclesiastes. They can't even pronounce it. (laughs) But they can read your life, your story, your Facebook post, your Instagram post. Why? Because you are an epistle seen and read of all people. Your life, your testimony, your faith, your encouragement is going to be the best Bible that some people will ever read. So, so, so watch this. Your coworkers, your friends, the people you work out with or used to work out with, <laughs> quarantine, pounds. Let me just tell you, you have to allow yourself to internalize what I'm preaching to you. Here it is. Here it is. Your mindset is always determined by where you let your mind sit. Your mindset is always determined by where you let your mind sit. So if your mind is sitting in discouragement, sitting in criticism, sitting in fear, sitting, all of those things are going to come out of you. So watch what happens. They go from shipwreck. They go from a snake bite. They go to a sick person. And here's what God does when you extend your hand. As a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we need for the trip. Can I just tell you something so powerful that when we start serving others while we're still suffering, God will lead us to supplies that you never thought you were going to get. Right now, God wants to unleash supplies in your life from people, from resources, from organizations, from things that you never, ever could have imagined just so long as you realize that the snake bite wasn't meant to kill you. It was meant to build up your spiritual life so you could serve others. And that's the practical application. In this time of pandemic, unprecedented, we still got to serve others. We, 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 we still have to serve others that are far from God but close to us. And I don't care if we need to wear mask gloves. I don't care if we have to fund it financially. There's still a need for us to serve others. And I can tell you today 
that I still hate snakes. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I struggle with loving Jesus. Because he's a snake. Ooh, some people got tight. They're like, ooh, I, I, I like the preacher for a little while, but we need to send him back to New York. Don't like what he said about my God, right? I'll prove it to you. John chapter 3 and verse 14, Jesus is speaking to a guy named Nicodemus. He's a pretty smart dude. Here's what he says. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the, man, the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus compared himself to a snake for a very important reason. Now we have to look at this Old Testament book called Numbers. You know what Numbers it's that book on your Bible reading plan once a year that when you get to it, you're like, oh, Lord, have mercy. I need to get some good stuff. You just start flipping through some of them pages, right? I'll make numbers more relevant for some of you single people that are here. You need to, you know, maybe see one of them girls that you want to get with in the lobby after Life Connections, and you need to just walk up to her and be like, what's up, girl? How you doing? Yeah, 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 you know. I'm in this Bible study with Pastor John. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, girl. You know, and um, we've just been going through God's word. And um, yeah, we've been in the book of Numbers, actually, girl. Yeah, 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 it's deep. It's deep. And, and, and um, you know, we got to the end of Numbers, and um, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just talking to me. And, and he was just laying something on my heart. And I just got to tell you, he told me, I don't got your number. <laughs> the most powerful use of the book of numbers that you ever heard in your entire life. Here it is. Watch this, everybody. Jesus points back to this Old Testament context where the people of Israel has set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. They said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? And they complained that there's nothing to eat here, nothing to drink, and they hated this horrible manna. Manna was this food that came from God, supernaturally provided, gluten-free, organic, amazing stuff. And they got tired of it. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. So Moses came out, and he listened to the people, and they said, hey, we've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you, so pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was looking by the snake could look at it and be healed. Wow. Imagine God talking to Moses. Moses, I want you to make a snake and put it on a pole. God, are you serious? Yes, Moses. Put a snake, a replica of a snake on a pole and let the people, God, are you, are you crazy? I can't do, put it on a pole. It's like God turned Moses into Samuel L. Jackson. Throw up that picture. God, are you serious? You want me to put a snake on a pole? 
But watch how simple it is. It wasn't the people's ability to heal themselves. It was God's ability to heal them through a simple thing. If they look, oh my God, if they looked at the pole with a snake on it, God would heal them. But watch this, the pole had to be lifted up. They had to lift their eyes up. Oh my God, I feel like preaching. They had to lift their eyes above their situation, above their circumstance, above their pain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They had to look a little higher. And God said, if they look at it, it's not their works. It's not their ability. It's not their talent. It's not their weakness. It's not their habit. But if they just look, they're going to be healed. Can I tell everyone in this room and those joining us online in this pandemic, we got to live our eyes above the news, above CNN, above Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And start looking to Jesus who can heal us, who can deliver us, who can make us whole, who can cure viruses. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me finish right here. I got one minute left on the clock. Let me finish right here. There's a town in Spain my God, I feel like there's a town in Spain where everybody was so afraid because when they went outside, they saw a big lion running around their streets. This is the factual thing. They saw this big lion in the streets. And if there's anything that I hate more than snakes, I hate lions. I'm scared of them. Unless the lion is Mufasa or Simba. Everybody in the town was afraid except one person who found out something in particular. Throw up that picture. Somebody was smart enough to look a little bit closer and realize that it was nothing but a big old hairy dog that somebody up the block shaved to look like a lion. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you, if you can look a little bit closer, there's some things that you're afraid of because you think it's a lion. But God says, it ain't nothing but a hound dog, baby. Do not let your perception paralyze you. Do not let the poison paralyze you. God wants to do something great, and he won't. Thanks for listening to Fisher's Life. Be sure to follow or subscribe to get the latest message every Monday.